I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 92 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by Audio Technica. And this week, we have Sissy Jones, voice actor, live from PAX Australia. It was awesome to talk to Sissy just a couple of weeks ago at the Audio Technica booth there on the PAX floor. For those who don't know, I just went to PAX and recorded a whole lot of episodes, so they are the next ones to come out. Last week was Jag Blomberg, who is the global PAX content manager. So if you missed that one, go check that out. I had a great chat about all of the different PAX events around the world and how he got to that position. But this week, we have Sissy Jones, the voice actor. You might know her as Katja from the first season of Telltale's Walking Dead. Her biggest role was probably her BAFTA award-winning performance as Delilah in Firewatch. She's also Chloe's mum, the lovely waitress in Life is Strange. And Sissy's done a whole lot of additional voice work in games like Spider-Man and Fallout 4, plus other Telltale Walking Dead characters. Was most recently the voice of Oracle in Call of Duty Black Ops 4. So a very busy woman and really great to talk to. I got the chance to listen to her and Courtney Taylor, another voice actor who will be on this show in a couple weeks. Uh, I had a panel during PAX talking about getting cast and the whole process of auditioning and what it's like to be in that industry these days. I guess that was a really good primer for me to get into this conversation, talking about Sissy and how she moved from a career in Silicon Valley and the tech industry into something that had always been her dream, and that was performing specifically as a voice actor and what it's like to come into that at a later stage in life. I think we had a really good conversation about what's involved there and the different challenges and hurdles that people come up against and just the constant grind it requires, even when you have a big role like Firewatch or Walking Dead, like that doesn't mean that it's all smooth sailing from there. The phone doesn't just ring off the hook. You have to work really hard to find these positions, to find these roles and to continue working in an industry that's so competitive, but also a lot of fun. So if you enjoy this episode, I hope that you'll leave an iTunes review. They go a long way to helping get the word out there. But until then, here's Sissy Jones. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for joining me, Sissy. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's right. I I was watching your panel yesterday with Courtney, and it was uh, really interesting to kind of see you guys uh, interacting together. You seem like you're really good friends. We are. Which one was it? Was this the Destiny 2 one or was this the voice acting one? Yeah, the voice acting one. Yeah, that's one of the more fun panels I think I've ever done. It was great to be able to work off of each other and yeah, we don't normally get that in the booth or otherwise, so it was great. That's cool. (laughs) And how are you enjoying the convention so far? It's been amazing. It's been really cool. Everyone's been super friendly and uh, panels have been great, well attended and you know, Melbourne's beautiful, so what's yeah. not to love? And people seem pretty excited to hear. Like, it's always great to have people come over from overseas to, yeah. to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been nice, too, because it's not like, uh, you know, you go to Comic-Con and it's so overwhelming, you know. Um, so it's nice to come here where it's like this wonderful community and so many people working on so many different interesting things. And, you know, it's just mm. been really, really great. That's cool. So I know that you have a background in tech industry and you're working in Silicon Valley. When did voice acting become something that you, like was it always something you wanted to do? Because it wasn't something that you pursued for quite a while. Yeah, so I remember when I was about six, I was watching Scooby-Doo. And I realized that they had little black outlines around Shaggy and Scooby and all the characters. And I was like, they're not real. You know, I just had that moment. And then I was like, but there's got to be someone that does the voice. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I, you know, went about my corporate life. And I I always wanted to be a voice on The Simpsons or Family Guy or something like that. And then um, just heard Nancy Cartwright, who's Bart Simpson, one day on the radio talking about voiceover. Before that, I didn't even know it was called voiceover. And uh, she mentioned a nearby school to where I was living. And I 
got on the phone that day and I started taking classes that week and everything changed. How long ago was that? That's about nine years ago. Sure. So it wasn't even something where you were doing drama in school no. and that kind of thing? Wow. No, I remember telling my dad I wanted to be an actress when I was a kid and he was like, no, 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 you don't, no, no. Here's a business degree. Okay. <laughs> so did you find that it was a bit daunting to just start as a whatever year old yeah. instead of working your way up like a lot of people probably do and yeah, studying it was, it was terrifying. And it's still terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I was 30 at the time, so I, I had a pretty clear career path laid out in front of me and uh, good salary and stock options and benefits and all that crap. And uh, so, yeah, to walk away from all of that was really scary. And then, um, you know, I had some early success living in San Francisco, so we decided to move to Los Angeles. And then I moved to L.A. and I didn't book anything for a year. Wow. And that's scary as hell because, you know, suddenly we've moved to L.A. for me and uh, I'm not doing anything. And it was uh, it was real scary, but was able to shake it off and start booking. Awesome. So you must have been pretty confident in your ability to just drop your career and pursue it, though. I had a lot of support. Yeah. My husband is uh, was was my biggest cheerleader. So yeah. that helped a lot. So what was the entry? Was it OK? I haven't got any background. I'm going to go learn how to do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I kept getting good marks, and I, I kept working with different instructors and different mentors. And honestly, you know, for anyone that wants to get into voiceover, I would say find a good mentor, find a reputable coach, and work with them until until they say you're ready, and then find another one, and work with them until they say you're ready, and then find another one. And then when they say you're ready, you're probably ready, because there's a lot of people out there that'll blow a lot of smoke to take your money to make a demo, blah blah blah. But if you get a buy-in from several reputable coaches. Um, who know the industry, who have a finger on the pulse, uh, that's worth its weight in gold. So that's kind of what I did, was I yeah. met with all these different people and worked with them, and, and they, were, uh, they were instrumental in helping me get to a point where I felt market ready. Sure. Did you find that there were a lot of people in your position in life that were pursuing the same thing at the same point, or was it mostly like people who were just coming out of uh, drama school or whatever it was? Because like, I'm thinking like, it, it could be daunting to think that there are these people who have been working towards this for so long, and I'm just going to jump in there with them. And, and yeah, I couldn't go. You know? I couldn't think about it like that. Yeah. I, it was like they're on their journey, and I'm on mine. Yeah. You know, I, someone told me that uh, it was impossible to make a living as a voice actor. Someone else told me I'd never make it in LA. Someone else, you know, and I was like, well, fuck that. Pardon my French, but that's that's your journey. That's mm. not my journey. And you know, for me. Um, competition is a dirty word like I, I, I can't I'm in it for me I'm yeah. not in it to outdo anyone else whatever whatever they're on their journey I'm on mine yeah and that's fantastic that like after a year of I guess you could say a year of failure and not being able to get any gigs you pursued through because I'm guessing a lot of people at that point would pack it up and go back yep. to the very uh, easy return to a career that's waiting for them so yep. what was it that kept you going through that belief that this was my path and uh, that if I wasn't going to be doing this, I was going to go back groceries at the grocery store because yeah. I was not going back to corporate. And uh, I don't know. Somehow, I just knew that this was what uh, this was how I was going to make my life. I, I don't know how I knew that. I just did. It just everything just came together. Yeah, I had a year of not booking, but I was learning, was meeting people. LA is, you know, there's so many talented people in that city. But if they don't know, if the people who are paying the bills don't know who you are, why, why would they hire you, right? So it was a lot of building up my credibility and making sure people know who I am and, and getting out there. And that takes time and that takes effort. And um, I knew it was going to work out.
And it sounds like a real grind. Like even when you are booking things, it's always like a baby steps and yeah. trying to get to the next one and Absolutely. never really able to just relax. <laughs> no, but I love it. Yeah. You know, Clearly, again, yeah. Again, if, if this doesn't work out, I'm bagging groceries at Trader yeah. Joe's. <laughs> and is it something where that you were looking for a big break? Is it that the mentality that you have? And, and did no. You, yeah. No. I mean, listen, I'm still looking for a big break. <laughs> I just, I like to work. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun. Like, I, I have a ton of video game credits where I'm additional voices, just background chatter, which is really fun. Mm. I have some that I'm actually named characters. I have some that I'm a lead character. I work a lot in commercials. I'm starting to do movie trailers. I'm um, starting to do animation, you know what I mean? So like every everything is, is a different fun, yeah. if that makes sense. Sure. And and was there a sense of, like you say, that you have, there hasn't been a big break, but was there a moment where you hit a big franchise that things did change? Like whether it was The Walking Dead and Karchar or Firewatch and all the success that that game had? Well, The Walking Dead was my first job. Wow. Um, okay. Kachi was my first job. And uh, that definitely changed a lot of things and, and that's also where I met Sean Vanneman and Jake Rodkin who wrote Firewatch which was another big break um, so it's not like I haven't had you know amazing experiences so far because I really truly have but at the end of the day I'm just you know I'm just a working actor yeah it seems that there's probably a misconception I've spoken to some other voice actors like Roger Craig Smith oh, and, and it's like you know you think that once you've been Batman or whatever or Sonic the Hedgehog that you're just the phone's gonna be ringing off the hook, but he's like, no, I gotta no. go and audition like everyone else. Doesn't I gotta matter. grind through, and he's got these commercial gigs he's got to do to pay the bills. So yeah, well, it's it's funny because so I, I I won a thing for Firewatch, and everyone was like, oh, your phone must be ringing off the hook, and I'm like, no, most Americans don't know what a BAFTA is. Yes. They're like, why do you need another bathtub? <laughs> um, you know, and it 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 has maybe given me some more name recognition in the games industry, but no one else knows what that is or cares so it's getting out there auditioning meeting people talking yeah. you know hey i know what it is <laughs> i'm impressed thank you it makes for a, it makes for a nice photo and a nice dress and a trophy <laughs> it's a good thing to put on your website as well oh god yeah. yeah still waiting for them to come and be like i'm so sorry we meant to give this to someone uh, else <laughs> <laughs> and is there like i mentioned with roger he does a lot of like ads and commercials yeah. and that kind of thing is that something where that they are the roles that pay the bills and yeah. you're still trying to find ones that are maybe more you know you can sink your teeth into on the side absolutely mm. commercials are absolutely my bread and butter um, which is why you know when we had the video game strike it was shitty it mm. sucked but I didn't lose a ton of income uh, I like video games a lot and they're they're a lot of fun to work on um, but, you know, I've had some where I've left uh, with my throat bleeding and I had to cancel my bread and butter commercial gigs and um, that's not a good feeling. So to be able to have some more protections in place to, to take care of myself and my, yeah. my, my money maker, as it were, you know. And does that make you choosy with the gigs that you Absolutely. pick up? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's another thing Roger mentioned that, you know, yeah. missing out on jobs because you walk into an audition with no voice. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess a lot of video games are very much screaming and that kind yeah, of Yeah, in fact, work. I had an audition the other day that was just all exclamation points, and I was like, no, you'll yeah. find someone else. <laughs> it's not a job for me. Yeah, fair enough. In terms of, uh, like you say, that's not a job for you, is there anything that you have like a pri like a preference to? Like you mentioned growing up with Scooby-Doo and hearing yeah. Nancy Cartwright and The Simpsons. Was video games something that you grew up playing as well, or have you a newcomer to this world of, of games? 
I kind of uh, tripped into it. I mean, you know, I remember playing Super Mario Brothers and, and Duck Hunt and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but it wasn't known for its voice acting. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, Final Fantasy VII was all the rage, and, and I remember watching people play that and being like, okay, this is really addictive. And then, you know, seeing cutscenes in Uncharted for the first time and being like, whoa, this is like a movie. Yeah. But no, I, I, I'm a terrible gamer um, because I learned to play on the old school NES paddles, but I learned to play with my finger and my oh, middle you're finger. you're one of those people? Yeah, and so when the new paddles came out and they were all thumbs, I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I, and I, and I gave up. Mm. Womp womp. But, yeah. So is it something where, because you've had some uh, big roles in the video games industry, they're the people that tend to look for you more than animation and that kind of thing? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> in terms of uh, fans or in terms of buyers? Uh, like the, the kind of roles that you're auditioning for and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely kind of known for the indie, uh, you know, bring an emotional sway to something type of thing, but it, but that's changing. You know, I just had a role as an anthropomorphic nail file in an animated show called Little Big Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, she talked like this. Um, I'm working on a Disney show right now that's coming out hopefully next year uh, where I'm the main villain. Um, you know, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. I do get a lot of like mom roles because I, I have that like softer edge to me. I'm not yeah. like, you know, Courtney Taylor who gets like the badass characters and yeah. stuff like that. I do get some of them. I mean, Fury in uh, Darksiders 3 next month is going to be, she's it's, a bit of yeah, a badass. That's huge. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It, it, it's nice too because it, on camera you are so locked into what you look like and that's, that determines what you can play. But in voiceover, I can be anything. And it's so fun. Yeah. And is that the reason that you gravitated towards voice rather than yes. stage and yes. all that kind of thing? Absolutely. I mean, every day I get to be a different thing. I can be an old lady. I can be an alien. I can be a little boy. I can be a nail file. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so fun. Yeah. So, and, I, and I can do nine characters in a franchise like The Walking Dead. You know? Is that what you did? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think I remember seeing that they brought you back because I loved you so much. So, <laughs> being part like The Walking Dead is one of my favorite series because of the so just good. the emotional side to it, and yeah. uh, I think that being able to work with I, I don't know how closely you you at least do publicity with Melissa and um, uh, Dave Fenoy and that kind of people. Do you actually get to learn from them as you're working? Melissa them? is one of my nearest and dearest friends. She's one of my favorite human beings on God's green earth. I love her with all my heart. We don't do a lot of publicity together because our characters were never really super in proximity. Sure. Um, but uh, just most video games we work in a void. I record my scenes separately. They record their scenes separately and never the two shall meet. You know what I mean? That game, season one in particular, was so, it was just lightning in a bottle. And uh, so Melissa and Gavin Hammond and um, uh, Adam Harrington and, and Owen Thomas and, and all these people, Nikki Rapp used to get together in Oakland when I was living in, in LA, but I, I was up in San Francisco one weekend and my friend said, you know, I'm meeting up with these people for a drink, do you want to join us? And I was like, yes. So I showed up and it was like, guys, I'm Katya. And they were like, oh my God. And they've been my closest friends ever since. And that's, that happens so rarely. I mean, usually it's like, hey, we're both in that thing. Oh, cool. All right. See you later. Bye. You know, but that it was just such an emotional, just shredding mm. <laughs> that uh, there are people I will hold on to forever. That's awesome. And yeah. I'm guessing that you can learn so much from some of these people who've been doing it yeah. longer than you have as well. Yeah. 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 It's been, I mean, that, that experience was just amazing, like mm. truly incredible from, from then to now and onward, you know. Yeah. 
And to have a game like Firewatch, which is a much more meaty part, it's uh, yeah. you, you're pretty much in the gamer's ear for the whole time. Yeah, you're stuck time. with me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, you, you must have spent so many hours working on that game that you'd get to the end of it and kind of, I don't know, what, what would that emotion be like walking out there and just it being finished? It was heavy. Yeah. It was real heavy, you know. Um, one of the great things about that was that Sean Vanneman, who wrote and directed us, uh, I was recording in my home studio and Rich recorded in his home studio and then Sean Skyped us in and we recorded it as a conversation. So again, it's so rare in games because it's normally done in a, in a void, but that game hinged upon believable dialogue. Mm. And so to actually have a dialogue and have it be real and then see in real time if the jokes are landing or if something needs tweaking or you know whatever, whatever, um, to be able to do that was just, I mean, it was unparalleled, yeah. you know? Because there's so many times you hear phone conversations in, you know, film and TV, and they don't, they don't work. They don't match. Well. <laughs> yeah, don't but, match, but, but I remember our last session, and it was like, okay, guys, well, um, it's been real. <clears throat> Take care, you know, yeah. and 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 off we go. Mm. So. What was it like to have the response to that game? Because you know, it there, still there's, blows there's my the mind. Walking Dead, which you're, I guess, a, a one part of the jigsaw puzzle of so many. I was such a people. small part in The Walking Dead. I mean, every every character that I did in The Walking Dead was amazing, but they were all pretty small. To have the response to Firewatch still, uh, I, blows. It just blows my mind. Mm. You know, there, I, I've met so many people here in Melbourne that have just come to me and, and bared their souls about how much Firewatch meant to them and, and you know it's um, it meant a lot to me too so it, yeah. it, it it means so much to hear that from people and to, yeah. and to still feel the response it's, yeah. it's really yeah, special like it, it's getting me emotional thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> but it must be just things people say must be overwhelming like the way yeah. that that, uh, that game strikes a chord with people it really is you know there's a lot of people that uh, I was talking with a with a gentleman yesterday who has autism and he's like that game taught me a lot about how to how to respond with to other people and how to you know have a, a, a dialogue and, and 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 that it's okay to be lonely and and working through loneliness and other people have talked about how it helped them with their depression and their anxiety and other people you know um, somebody asked me to marry them yeah. <laughs> you know so it's uh, it's just so special it's so special it will it will always hold a, an incredible place in my heart yeah and there's that kind of emotional side of finishing, but do you also look back on the experience and think like you can see how much you've grown through it because it was such a long period of time in the recording booth? Yeah, I mean, it was two years. Yeah. Not every day, but you know, every six months or so, we'd have a session or two a week and then wouldn't hear anything for several months and then come back. And it was like you know, putting on an old shoe. You just you remember exactly where you are and who you're with and what's happening, and, and you go onward. I mean, I had a lot of life change happen during that that recording process and and since then it's just been uh, it's it's been incredible mm. it really has that's great so what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to the point you're at now like obviously you you are a really ambitious person and you've got a, a long way to go to probably do the things that you want to achieve but getting to now there must be you must have to sit back and go wow i've actually done what i set out to do and yeah. you're, you're still doing it well and that's the thing is i haven't done what i've set out to do i've started what i've set out to do because sure. i don't think there's a destination there's no end point right yeah. it's just but keep if you, loving if, this. if your 30 year old self could see you now i think they'd be pretty impressed wouldn't they <laughs> i would hope so listen 30 year old self uh, yeah no i mean it's not without its challenges but listen i'm not digging ditches every day you know mm. what i mean it's 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 a wonderful life i it, there's a lot of people that come to me and say, well, everyone tells me I have a great voice, and so I think I should do voiceover, and that's great, but no one's gonna give 
a shit if you don't yeah. know how to act and if you don't spend the money on proper training and a proper demo and it's not overnight. It is never overnight, ever. So uh, anybody that is interested in getting in voiceover, it's going to take a lot of money and a, a hefty amount of time. Yeah. And so I think knowing that now would make 30-year-old me feel a lot better about what I was investing in time and money-wise. Sure. <laughs> what would you say are the biggest misconceptions about voice acting? Because I'm, I'm sure there are so many. Like you just mentioned one, yeah. which is just like, I have a good voice, therefore yeah. I can do it. I play games, I know how to do it. I know how to talk, I know how to do it. I can read good, I know how to do it. Um, I've heard it all and I, and I get it, but because we're good at what we do, we make it look easy. You know, I've had several friends who've been engineers that are like, I'm gonna give this thing a go. I mean, it looks super simple. And then they get behind the mic and they're like, oh, oh, I see, you're actually good at what you do. Yeah. And that's why you do what you do, got it. And uh, you know, some of them have made the transition wonderfully and others have said, it's not for me. You know, I'm not ready to, to invest that much time and money. Mm. So, sure. yeah. And what would you say has been the most challenging thing for you personally to get through? Because I, I imagine like that year of not getting any gigs was really difficult, but then once you do, once they do start coming in, you're always trying to do more and more, but. Yeah, I mean, it's the peaks and valleys. You know, you go through, I, I, there are some weeks I have 10 to 12 sessions and there are some weeks I have one. Mm. And it's how do you survive the one, you know, and, uh, or none. And how do you survive that and know that I'm still viable, I still bring something to the table, I will work again, I'm not gonna be homeless. You know, I, I have an amazing agent, um, Dean Panero, who is my biggest champion and believes in me and pushes me and, and is constantly, we're in constant contact about is what I'm turning in viable? Do I need to be meeting with coaches? Um, you know, do I need to shake it up? What's, what's working, what's not? And, and because a lot of people think as soon as they have an agent, the hard work is done. And I'm here to tell you that that's when the hard work begins. Mm. Um, so it is, it's, it's a constant iteration. And my agent is really good about uh, having those hard conversations with me. He does not blow smoke up my ass, which yeah. is great. <laughs> also, I'm sorry, I swear a lot. I hope I'm not alienating your audience. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll get over it. <laughs> Uh, and and I, w I want to talk about kind of, obviously you've just mentioned all these technical skills of the voice acting and like things that you have to workshop and improve over time and that you actually have lessons in. But then there's a side of it that's just being able to deal with rejection and yeah. that grind of yeah. why, aren't, why isn't the phone ringing or why did that person get the job over me? I know that I'm better than them. Or you might think that you are, but the, I, the I casting agent. I can't go down that route. Yeah. I can't because it's, it's too easy to get in a pity party and I, I don't do that real well. Um, I mean, I've been fired from jobs for not having enough Twitter followers. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's like, it's realizing that sometimes it's just out of my hands. You know, if I'm auditioning for a major commercial or a major game or a major character in a thing, I have to understand that the casting directors are getting upwards of 1,000 to 2,000 auditions for a single role, yeah. right? And everything starts to sound the same. And so if they're listening to my audition when they're eating a bad sandwich, they're going to not think about my audition. They're going to think about how much they hate their sandwich. Yeah. So it's completely out of my hands. All I can do is throw spaghetti at the wall and hope that some of it sticks mm. and know at the end of the day, there is enough to go around. Yeah. And that's really great for you, but I imagine there are people who aren't as, you know, they don't think that way, and that would be a really challenging industry for them to work in. It, it is, yeah. yeah. I have a lot of friends who have struggled with depression and anxiety and uh, who have left the industry, and, and I get it. I totally get it. I just, I am someone who has luckily avoided a lot of those trappings because I won't let myself go down that path. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
So what would be your main advice? I'm sure people always ask you this, but for people who are either wanting to first break into voice acting or maybe they've been doing it for a while, they feel like they've got the skills, but they just aren't able to get the roles that they're after. Uh, there's a couple of really great resources. Dee Bradley Baker, who does all the creature voices in Hollywood, he's like one of the most prolific voice actors, um, made a website called IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. Start there. Yuri Lowenthal, who of course is Spider-Man, and his wife Tara Platt uh, just wrote a, or they wrote a book and just released a second edition called um, Voice Voiceover Voice Actor, I think. Um, there's another one called There's Money Where Your Mouth Is. There's some good books out there. So I would say start there. I would say find good coaches. I would say build a community, because often voice actors are just the raddest people alive. Um, and it's really nice to have a support network to bounce your reads off of and say like, hey, does, is this sounding good? Is, well, how would you direct me differently? Because it's good for us to hear feedback and it's also good for us to learn how to direct. Yeah, those are my, those are my starting points. Yeah. A lot of coaches, especially coaches in the States, will do Skype les lessons. So I would, if, if they're located in Australia, if they're located not in LA, I would say look up you know, voiceover coaches in Los Angeles and, and see what people have to say about them and see if they do Skype sessions. Okay, are there physical things you can do to improve voice acting or are they sure. kind of very secondary to... Read out loud every yeah. day, take improv classes, know how to act, uh, sing. Yeah. Yeah. Sing. Yeah. I think one of you guys said yesterday that a lot of uh, voice actors oh. do sing. Yeah, yeah. no, it's amazing. Yeah. There's some some prolific singers in yeah. voiceover. Like Kari Walgren, who does so much animation, uh, is just a phenomenal singer. But she started out, you know, in church camp when she was like six, mm. right? So uh, there's some just incredible talent. Yeah, cool. Well, right. Well, my last question for you is: if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? I'm doing it, man. Yeah, I'm doing it. I love it. it with every ounce of my being. I can see that. Yeah, it's really awesome to see the passion for, <laughs> for what you're doing because not everyone has it you know yeah I don't hide it very well either <laughs> <laughs> is there a dream role that you'd love to do or a series that you'd like to be part of or maybe it's Scooby-Doo <laughs> I want them all man I want Scooby-Doo I want the Simpsons I want I want to be one of the first like constant female movie trailer voices I'm tired of men having all the roles mm. so I'm fucking I'm ready for it sorry yeah. I'm swearing again I want Jane Bond you know what I mean like I I want all the things I'm ready to start seeing bigger, better, meatier roles for women and and you know, non-white women and non-binary people. You know, it's yeah. just like there's so many incredible voices that are coming out right now and, and finally being able to speak to who they are. Let's get them in games. Let's get them in animation. Let's get them out where other people who are going through the same thing can go, oh my God, I'm not alone. Yeah. I mean, that not that the greatest part of all of this? Absolutely. Oh my God, I'm not alone. Yeah. Right? I think that uh, that's, that's what a lot of people are looking for, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's the greatest thing about the gaming community. You know, you come to a place like PAX, whether it's in Seattle or Boston or Melbourne, and it's, oh my God, I'm not alone. Mm. I'm with my people. Yeah, it says welcome home. There's the big sign right? out there, and it's so accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I love it. Yeah, well, welcome home, and uh, thanks for having the time to chat. It's been Thank great. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. This look, was really lovely. Look forward to all the awesome games, I'm sure, that'll be coming out soon. Darksiders 3 next month, mm. also Spyro next month. Yeah. So November's going to be busy. <laughs> oh, God.
Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can check out everything Sissy has to say on Twitter at Sissy Speaks. If you enjoyed the show, it'd be great if you could leave an iTunes review or go pick up some sweet putting in work merchandise. All of that over at 8bit.net slash P-I-W. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. While you're there, check out the rest of the awesome podcast content from the 8-Bit Collective. You can follow me on Twitter at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.